Welcome to Capital Link's company presentation series. I am Nicholas Bornelis of Capital Link, and I would like to welcome you to Capital Link's company presentation series. We have with us today the senior management of Pixis Tankers. We have Mr. Eddie Valentis, Chairman and CEO, and Mr. Henry Williams, Chief Financial Officer. Uh, and they will take us through the company strategy and the sector outlook. Um, a very quick mention of a disclaimer that this presentation is uh, for informational purposes only. It is not meant to be investment advice uh, or advice of any kind, and it is not meant to be a solicitation to transact in any securities. It's only for informational purposes. Logistics, uh, we will start with uh, a slide presentation and that will be followed uh, by a live Q&A session. You're welcome to submit your questions through the Q&A button at the bottom of your screen at any time during this session. And uh, Mr. Valentis and Mr. Williams will respond to your questions after the slide presentation. And in closing, this presentation will remain archived for uh, replay upon demand uh, later on. And with this, I will turn the floor over. I'd like to thank uh, Eddie and Henry for being with us, and I will turn the floor over to Mr. Valentis. Thank you, Nicolas. Uh, thank you for inviting us, and uh, good morning to everyone. Uh, we hope uh, we'll give you a brief presentation of the company, uh, the sector, and uh, of course, uh, we will uh, respond to any questions you might have about the market or about the company. This is the forward-looking statements, which I don't need to go through. We are a pure play product tanker company. We are currently owning uh, five MR product tankers, uh, all with eco or eco features. Um, we have a TC average for the Q4 of 2022 of approximately 33,000. And as of January 16th, 53% of our available days are booked at an average rate of 32,500. Very sub uh, disciplined and uh, a company, uh, substantially fixed cost structure, and um, uh, we have a very competitive uh, total daily operational cost uh, structure as well. Very strong management team, um, and uh, um, we have skin in the game, we have substantial um, um, uh, we're substantial shareholders of the company as well. Uh, um, the story as it, uh, uh, for the MRs, we have a declining order book. Um, the net supply growth for the next couple of years, approximately 2% annually. And of course, uh, the big story for us is the improvement of the market uh, during the last nine months, uh, mainly the, uh, uh, because of the um, uh, Ukrainian-Russian uh, um, um, war. Um, the long-term fundamentals look good, and I uh, will go through that later in uh, detail. Uh, slide four. Uh, this is the fleet, uh, briefly five MRs, as I said, uh, all 50,000 dead weight. And uh, on uh, column charter, you will see the current rates today. Uh, we are have fixed uh, time charters for three vessels and two, two vessels are on the spot market. So our company focus will be the MR sector. 
the more specialized vessels, which can carry uh, more vessels, more cargos. These are the so-called IMO2 uh, the vessels. Um, uh, we will uh, grow the company opportunistically and when we find good opportunity to do that. A very high standard of safety, solid margins, and uh, very good uh, levels of financial uh, uh, leverage and discipline within the company. Uh, we have we will employ a mixed chartering strategy, both vessels in the time charter and in the spot. And um, uh, of course, we try to as much as possible to diversify our charters by customer and staggered duration. Next slide. This is briefly uh, our ESG standards, the environmental, we, as I said earlier, all the fleet is eco. Uh, so uh, we comply uh, with EEXI requirements uh, um, and uh, um, we have switched our vessels uh, according to IMO 2020 regulations into low sulfur fuel. Uh, we do not have scrubbers in the fleet. Um, um, we outsource our, our uh, crewing and technical management to a third party, which is based in Dubai. ITM is, belongs to a very large um, uh, management group, which is called VShips. Governance, uh, we have a regular election process for our staggered board of directors, uh, independent board members, um, and the various others. Uh, we comply, of course, with all applicable corporate governance, NASDAQ, and ACC requirements. Uh, next slide, please. So uh, quickly, I will take you through the product tanker uh, market update. And this is, uh, I think, the most interesting part of the uh, uh, presentation. Um, over the last two years, the uh, demand for refined products has improved, mainly because the economies were coming out of the COVID-19. And of course, uh, commercial and personal mobility was increasing. So refined product inventories also were at below five-year averages. And of course, we had the unexpected event or the impact of the Russian-Ukrainian war, which has created substantial um, uh, um, movement in the product tanker sector. Um, we have seen uh, record high U.S. gasoline prices so, um, of June, in, since June 2022, and uh, these prices have returned to, to a January 2022 levels, but diesel and jet fuel demand prices remain still strong. So uh, regarding the Russian-Ukrainian uh, dispute, this has caused a rapid escalation of petroleum prices and supply disruptions worldwide. Uh, according to IEA, um, um, uh, Russia exported 2.8 million barrels per day of refined products, of which 1.5 million to Europe. And we believe that this uh, um, uh, capacity, especially with the sanctions that are kicking in uh, sh shortly, this will go uh, out of uh, the market and will, be, will have to be imported by, uh, from other countries. So this will create an increase of uh, uh, ton mile demand, which is very important for us. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, so historically, the seaborne trade of refined oils has been correlated to world GDP. Uh, during a period from 2014 to 2021, the GDP grew to 3.1% grew to per annum, 
and the IMF maintain its estimate for global GDP growth in 2022 for 3.2%, but lower uh, for 23 at 2.7%. So uh, we expect to see demand in line with these uh, GDP projections. In December 22, IEA revised its global oil consumption for 2023 to increase on an average of 2% per year to reach 101 million barrels per day consumption uh, as of January 23. So, um, um, the, uh, sorry, as of January 23, the EIA updated its estimate for average US uh, crude production to increase 4.6% to 12.4 million barrels per day in 2023, rising further to 12.8 million barrels per day in 2024, higher than pre-COVID levels. Um, next slide, please. So this is a um, um, this is the short-term uh, product demand growth, uh, which facing potential challenges. Uh, so due to geopolitical and macroeconomic levels, two leading research firms recently estimated ton-mile growth in simple and trade of refined products to range from 10 to 12 percent for uh, 2023. Next slide, please. So. Um, after you know three difficult years of COVID, uh, the Chinese government recently uh, relaxed its uh, restrictions, uh, and uh, this uh, should uh, create demand, increase demand for domestic uh, in the domestic economy, increase in mobility for Chinese uh, uh, in in China. Uh, also, the government has followed uh, its authorization to export of approximately 120 million barrels per day of tra transportation fuel, fuels from uh, local Chinese uh, refineries during late 22 and the first uh, quarter of 23. So the export quotas, which indicate year-on-year -year jump uh, rates in tons of approximately 46% of clear products and 23% of fuel oil. So this is a significant percentage of uh, Chinese cargos, which should be carried, the majority of which in, in MRs, in the medium range tankers, especially to Asian ports. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, so this is a slide which uh, shows you the expected petroleum refinery capacity, the net additions driven by non-OECD growth in exports. Uh, overall, um, you will see it in detail later, but overall uh, 4.9 uh, million barrels per day of new refining capacity is scheduled from completion from 22 to 2026, 20, and virtually all is non-OECD, according to Drury. Very important for us because this is uh, driving the ton mile demand. Uh, next slide, please. So uh, overall, we have a positive MR2 supply outlook where we've, um, the, uh, the vessel order book is falling. It has dropped from approximately 25%, uh, which was the high in 2009. It has dropped to approximately 4.9% total for the next couple of years. Uh, very low ordering in 2022, only 34 MRs uh, were ordered. And um, um, overall, uh, it looks very good, uh, the supply uh, or, uh, 
outlook looks very good in the next couple of years. Uh, next slide, please. I'll take you through the MR values uh, just for you to get an idea of where we stand. New buildings today, approximately 44 million. The 10-year average, 36 million. So this uh, this is uh, substantially higher than the 10-year average. Also, the second-hand five-year-olds today, the average for a five-year um, old MR is approximately $40 million, when the 10-year average was $27 million. Next slide, please. And with this, I give you Henry Williams to go through the quarterly financial highlights. Thanks, Eddie. Um, I think it's important for everybody to um, look at our most recent uh, quarter, which we released those results back in mid-November. Uh, first of all, you can see in this slide, this is the, the quarter ending September 30th of 2022 versus 21. What you can see clearly right there is a dramatic improvement in revenue, let alone profitability. This was driven by, uh, fundamentally by a dramatic improvement in charter rates. As you can see, the, the average time charter equipment rate down below uh, uh, grew almost, uh, you know, uh, $20,000 to $29,000 for that quarter period of time. Uh, that uh, also was, uh, that quarter results were affected by the fact that we had five MRs uh, for the 2022 quarter versus four that were in the prior period of 2021. Uh, simply, you see uh, time charter equivalent revenues growing by a factor of 3.5 times. You see a huge improvement in profitability. Uh, fully diluted uh, EPS was 42 cents. Basic, you should know, was 48 cents. Uh, EBITDA was uh, roughly $8 million uh, for the quarter. So very, very strong. Clearly, the $29,000 down below in the quarter from the standpoint of TCE. And, but just putting that in, in a frame of reference uh, for the most recent quarter ending in the fourth quarter of this year, the preliminary indication is that we'll be over $33,000. So, so again, good um, improvement, good momentum. Please move to the next slide. Um, as, as we, uh, as Eddie mentioned in the beginning, we feel it's very important you understand um, our business and, and how we approach and valuing our company from the standpoint, it's more than just the revenue side, it's the cost side. And what we do is we break out here a total daily operational uh, cash costs. And as you can see in the most recent quarter ending September 30th, our uh, total daily operational cost for echo efficient vessels is about 8% uh, lower than our uh, peer group um, uh, of larger public companies. And you're gonna ask the question, well, how do you do that? It's really a, a function of, uh, even though we're a very small company, we, append, we pay attention to every nickel uh, within our cost structure. Next slide, please. Um, here's the uh, capitalization as of September th uh, 30th, our most recent quarter. As you can see, net funded debt to total capitalization was roughly uh, 52%. The uh, average or weighted average interest rate for that quarter was 5.9%. We do have some interest rate protection. Roughly uh, about uh, a fifth of our debt uh, has that uh, capability. 
Um, so, uh, you know, the, the reality is uh, it's a, a very balanced capital, uh, capital structure. Uh, obviously, uh, what we're doing right now is uh, further improvement uh, uh, of our balance sheet from the standpoint of amortization of our debt and building further liquidity on our balance sheet. Let's move to the next slide, please. Um, here is the uh, uh, shareholder position uh, of, the, of the company as of a couple of days ago, roughly 10.7 million shares. They're currently outstanding. Insiders control a little bit over 54% of the company uh, in a common share ownership. There is a, a publicly traded convertible preferred, uh, as you can see down below, there's roughly about $10.8 million of that currently outstanding. And there's also a publicly traded bull warrant that's uh, 1.6 million awards that are currently out that roughly have uh, another uh, two and a half plus years to, to run. Um, the some things that I'd like to point out here is uh, the public float is substantially held by individual investors, most of which are in the United States. Um, market cap currently, as you've seen, is roughly in the neighborhood of about $60 million. The average volume is about 150,000 shares uh, traded per day over the last three months. And, um, you know, the thing that 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 um, is, is uh, a two-edged sword here is that based upon uh, the most recent uh, research report from uh, uh, Univest, which was published back in uh, November, uh, they had our net asset value uh, for the company uh, uh, after the third quarter results at, at $9.03 per share, obviously trading in the neighborhood of uh, $5.70. We are a significant discount to net asset value of the company. In addition, obviously, from the standpoint of um, earnings power, uh, clearly, uh, you know, right now, the, the earnings for the company are very, very strong, um, and we look to uh, continue in that effort. Uh, the price target I should mention, um, there, there are three analysts that currently provide research on the company. Univis, as I mentioned, uh, VRS, which is based in Europe, and also Think Equity. Uh, the, the average price target right now for uh, our stock for those analyst reports, which were obviously of last year, was $7.57 um, uh, per, uh, per those reports. Next slide. This is the circle of life um, uh, summary slide. And, and let me just say to you um, that uh, at this point in time, uh, we have a lot of the fundamental pieces for a very strong, sustainable business. Uh, clearly right now, uh, the, the uh, uh, supply demand fundamentals look very, very positive. There's very, uh, very strong uh, charter rates. Clearly in the short term, there are some major catalysts as Eddie mentioned the upcoming EU band on, on uh, the importation of uh, Russian refined products. Uh, those markets, the EU markets, will have to import refined products from many, many different locations throughout the world. In addition, the Russians, to whatever level, will be shipping uh, their cargoes longer distances. So the 10 mile play is a significant factor. And that's why a number of analysts have saying that there could be incremental growth of upwards of 12% per the, this year. In addition, uh, the other factor is uh, other short-term catalyst is the situation in China. As, as we all know, they are dramatically relaxing uh, their extensive restrictions 
that were put in place a couple of years ago that um, is, is going to trade significant uh, rebound in economic com uh, activity within the country, but equally importantly, uh, mobility. And, and Chinese New Year is currently underway right now. And so there is a greater uh, consumption of um, transportation fuels uh, and obviously uh, further extension from the standpoint of international transportation. Clearly, uh, Pixis Tankers does provide um, an attractive uh, valuation from the standpoint of uh, price to NAV, let alone based upon earnings power. Uh, with that, let's uh, move into uh, questions. Uh, this, these slides, by the way, uh, are available on our website, so feel free to, uh, to take a look at those. And um, let's, let's um, start off. Uh, one of the questions that we see here, and, and I'll turn this one over to Eddie. The price cap for Russian crude by the EU and G7 countries went into effect in early December of 22. We understand that the market disruption so far has been minor, but spot charter rates for crude carriers, such as VLCCs, very large crude carriers, have fallen. Can you share with us the likely sanctions for refined products which go into effect shortly? Could rates also fall for product tankers? Yeah. Um, yeah, from what we understand, the market impact in crude has been minimal as inventory, restocking and trade routes changed had started last fall. So. Uh, um, I mean, in any case, the Urals have been trading below sixty dollars per barrel, and uh, and the current brand and the big buyers such as in China, India, and Pakistan. So, in any case, uh, price-wise, uh, it was hovering around sixty. Now, uh, we don't trade crude, uh, but we have not heard of any major violations up to up to date. Um, um, it's still early, but uh, charters, owners, insurance carriers, and other interests uh, seem to be working well together in order to contain this uh, uh, price cap. Regarding our sector, uh, the um, price cap will come in effect in the beginning of February. Uh, the prices have not yet been uh, um, uh, sorted out, but we believe that uh, high value exports such as uh, diesel, um, uh, will, they will have different uh, prices. Also low value products such as fuel oil will have different prices. So we, it's, done, it's not clear, but um, there could be, uh, as you know, there could be significant financial penalties for any violations uh, and possible suspension of vessel uh, insurances. So uh, overall, the upcoming ban of Russian refined products should be similar in concept to, uh, to that of crude. Um, regarding the rates, uh, um, I, I, this remains to be seen, uh, but uh, as previously mentioned, Inventories are quite low since uh, they're still quite low um, the, for the refined products, especially um, jet fuel and diesel and are on the low, on the low side. Uh, we, let's not forget, we were all expecting a very strong winter in Europe this year, which did not happen. So as a result, uh, we see 
some softness in the rates currently. Uh, but overall, uh, we, we expect that uh, the market will uh, um, uh, improve in the coming months. Um, despite the um, low inventories, um, the, uh, um, we expect that uh, a, a lot of uh, um, 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 a lot of ton mile demand will come because imports of uh, of Europe will happen as of uh, beginning of February onwards. So this is an important uh, uh, factor for us. But it's untested waters yet. We uh, we need to see how this will play out after the uh, the start of the um, um, of the price cap, the beginning of uh, for refined products in the beginning of February. Okay, um, let me look to the next question here, and this is another one for for you, Eddie. Um, Low sulfur bunker fuel regulation started three years ago. Three years ago, and with it, expansion of scrubber fitted vessels. Would Pixis consider retrofits of MRs? What is your expectation for the next stage of energy and fuel sources for maritime shipping? Yeah, I mean, we have um, taken the decision of not installing scrubbers to our vessels. We have switched to low sulfur uh, fuel as of uh, the 1st of January 2020. Um, uh, of course, uh, uh, we have to admit that uh, uh, the scrubbers have been a very profitable investment, a very uh, good move for uh, companies that did it. Um, because we've seen the spread that has increased substantially when uh, they since the implementation of IMO 2020, the spread from $1,000 went up to $4,000. So the investment paid. But uh, let me say that um, a scrubber investment in an MR vessel, a medium-sized vessel, is not an easy installation. It creates a lot of problems technically. So it was not an easy decision for us. And uh, especially with the... Uh, at that time, it didn't make sense as an investment on our vessels. Um, going forward, uh, regarding the, you know, the the, the alternative fuel, um, I mean, uh, uh, we've currently in our segment we haven't seen substantial uh, um, changes. I mean, currently we've seen some. Uh, MRs ordered with dual fuel and uh, the, the, the alternative fuel was methanol. But of course, you also uh, you always have questions about uh, availability of uh, um, uh, fuel in uh, in bankering ports, etc. So it's not an easy decision for the mid for the middle side uh, middle size sector. Um, for as we've seen with larger vessels, many orders have been placed for dual fuel, but with LNG and LNG, as we know is uh, sufficiently provided in uh, bankering ports worldwide. Um, so it's still a uh, question mark, which will be which will be the new fuel which be, prevail in the middle size and smaller size vessels. And uh, we, we are in a wait and see up, um, uh, mode um, at this stage. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna uh, combine a couple of questions right now into to try to get to one which is um, what is your particular strategic plans going forward in this uncertain environment, but specifically if asset values stay high over the next three to four years, would you go ahead and order new build vessels? 
Uh, in your building, as I, I mentioned earlier, regarding the uncertainty of the fuels, the new fuels uh, is not an option for us. We will not uh, order vessels with existing technology. We will rather wait to see which is the prevalent uh, new fuel and take our decision after that. Uh, and it, uh, without doubt, the um, uh, um, eco vessels uh, built 2015 onwards are good proposition uh, and supposing uh, um, asset values make sense in the future. So we will concentrate on secondhand vessels, uh, preferably uh, eco vessels, which comply uh, with uh, uh, the, uh, new, the new environmental regulations. So uh, um, uh, we will not uh, uh, order new vessels and definitely we will continue with uh, uh, um, uh, secondhand uh, vessels as uh, we have done recently. Okay, um, one of the uh, sort of operational questions, looking forward 25 years uh, from now, um, what harbors are the most important to Pixis tankers? Which areas of uh, loading and discharging, I guess. Uh, I, I think that's, that's what's being asked, uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, let's not uh, forget the US Gulf for us is very important. Uh, the last nine months, 80%, um, 90% of the fleet is trading out of the US Gulf. We expect to see that the US Gulf will be a major uh, export uh, hub for us for uh, refined products. Uh, let's not forget uh, also um, places like uh, Europe, like uh, West Coast Africa, and uh, of course uh, the Middle East. Uh, um, uh, uh, I mean, there are significant uh, loading areas for us and uh, will continue also in the future. Um, as we mentioned earlier in the presentation, significant capacity is coming, uh, refinery capacity is coming, and this is mainly in the Middle East. Um, India also is a, a major uh, export hub, but not for a Mars. I have to say it's for the larger vessels mainly. And Singapore, of course, which is a major uh, area for us for uh, um, um, uh, uh, delivering cargoes. And uh, um, the, the Far East, China, uh, not yet, but we expect that China, since they are ex uh, increased their export quotas, we might, uh, 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 China might be a big destination also for us in the future. Okay. I'm going to go back to um, uh, one of these so-called operational questions. Uh, and uh, the, uh, it says, you mentioned that emerging market refining projects up to 2026 being beneficial for your business model. Does it mean these routes, routes <laughs> have better profit margins or less competition presented in these routes? Hence, you have operational niche here. Uh, no, I mean, the, the longer a vessel is uh, uh, trade, it's traveling, uh, the less capacity is in the market. So the, um, it's very important for the vessel to be, uh, it's, so no, it's not available to be chartered to, to another party. So uh, it takes capacity out. The longer the trading routes, the, the less capacity we have in the market, and this is why it is beneficial for the market. It doesn't pay any, uh, any premium. It's it just that the vessel is employed longer, 
And therefore, uh, 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 we have uh, less capacity available in the market for chartering, and this is driving the rates uh, up, especially in market conditions like the one we are uh, experiencing the last nine months. So um, it is very important for the sector, in every shipping sector, the uh, increasing tone mile um, is a very important aspect in order for rates to improve. Okay. Thanks. Um, we're going to move into some uh, financial questions, so I'll probably be picking up the ball on that. But Eddie, if you want to chime in, that's fine. Um, in Q3 2022, Pixis reported adjusted EBITDA of $8 million. bucks. What was the free cash flow for that period, and what will you do with excess cash flow in the near future? Uh, yeah, just sort of jumping into it, Q3, uh, our interest in principal, uh, loan principal payments aggregated $2.7 million. And obviously, we had the cash dividends uh, on the Series A convertible preferred stock that were roughly about $200,000 for the quarter. So the free cash flow um, was uh, for that quarter was approximately $5 million. Um, obviously, we're, we're uh, you know, for, for Q for uh, the time chart equivalent rates are, are higher. Uh, so, you know, it looks like Q4 will be a, a, good, uh, a good quarter too. Uh, over the near term, uh, we expect to use free cash flow to further improve our balance sheet, continue to uh, amortize our loans um, at, on schedule. Um, in, in addition, uh, we have a promissory note that's due uh, in on April 1st of 2024, we need to, to deal with that. Uh, clearly, uh, we're gonna further enhance our balance sheet liquidity. So further strength of our financial condition. Um, we do have, I should point out, two special surveys. Our 2013 built units will be going in for special surveys where we'll have off harbor about 25 days each. The total cost of those special for, uh, surveys um, uh, roughly aggregate $2.1 million. Those will occur in the second and third quarter of this year. Uh, obviously, uh, we, we would like to acquire tonnage, but we will do it at the right time. Uh, clearly, that will be secondhand tonnage uh, versus uh, potentially uh, doing anything in a new built way, which we have no interest in doing. Uh, so that's really the uh, the critical aspect. One of the additional questions that has come up is uh, about our preferred stock. Um, our preferred stock, as you know, is tr uh, traded under the symbol PXSAP. Um, and currently trades at a uh, uh, 2450, 2475. Provides a very attractive uh, monthly cash dividend. Uh, the question is, uh, you know, are, are we going to do anything about calling it? There, there is uh, a provision in there that effective uh, mid-October of this year, we do have the ability to uh, redeem that instrument in whole or in part. Um, so that is a possibility. Obviously, uh, you know, I, I, as I mentioned in the short term, we're going to continue to de-lever the company and enhance our liquidity. Uh, we, we issued that, uh, that paper, uh, we did a follow-on, um, we, we liked that piece of paper, but obviously it is convertible at $5 and 60 cents, uh, per share. Um, and so, uh, if there was an opportunity to redeem it, we would consider it, uh, but we would only do that in context of other investment opportunities, including potentially acquiring secondhand tonnage. 
Uh, let's see if there's anything else here. I think that really, really sort of summarizes it. Um, I, uh, Nicholas, I think we're, let me just see if there's anything that in the last minute has come in. Uh, yeah, one is, uh, are you seeing any vessel purchase opportunities at decent prices at the moment, Eddie? No, we don't. Uh, as, uh, as we mentioned in the presentation, the asset values are sky high. They're uh, at the um, historically high levels. So we, I think we have to wait until we see opportunities again. Nicholas, I, I don't have uh, any more questions. Um, so I, I think we are good to go. Well, I'd like to thank you uh, both for uh, a very interesting presentation. Again, I'm delighted to see that you got quite uh, a lot of questions and, and that's part of the value of this uh, exercise, giving uh, investors the opportunity to interact with you live. So thank you very, very much, uh, Eddie and uh, Henry for being with us today. And thank you, of course, to all of our participants. And I'd like to remind everybody that this session will be archived and available for replay upon demand. So thank you very, very much. Thank you, Nicholas. We appreciate it. Thank you. Be, be well. Likewise.